For anyone who is listening to this podcast for the first time or did not pay incredibly close, precise attention to the first episode, my idea here was for each episode, out every other Tuesday, to be sort of like an article from your favorite rock magazine. Some opinion pieces, some history, probably some top 10 lists or interviews at some point, maybe about bands you care about, maybe about bands you don't, but hopefully you get a little something out of each, with each timed in the 20 to 30 minute range, which is hopefully a commute for you and not a half or a third or worse of a commute. Well, almost any music magazine at some point is going to have a review section. And as much as I've enjoyed discussing older tunes, it's time to talk about some recent releases. Last episode, I talked about how I discovered certain, quote, new artists, or new to me, like Uriah Heep. As ridiculous as it is that Uriah Heep is new to me. This time, though, I've got stuff that just came out in the past few weeks. And, for the first time, I've got some help, too. On this episode of Well Disguised, we get current. So for this episode, I wanted to bring in some help, some additional perspective, and I couldn't think of anyone better than the man I refer to, to everyone else, as my concert buddy. Of course, he's more than that, as our friendship goes back to junior high when we were in the band together. And yes, I mean the band, not a band, the junior high band. But over the years, we've seen the following, and I think this is a non-exhaustive list of some of the artists we've seen in concert. Black Label Society, which we have tickets for. It's the only ticket I have at this point, still waiting for the plague to end. It's been postponed a couple times. Clutch, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, Motorhead, Metallica, Ted Nugent, Judas Priest, Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, The Sword, Rob Zombie, ZZ Top, Cheap Trick, Bad Company, White Snake, and others. He's the biggest Iron Maiden fan I know. He's the biggest Drive-By Truckers fan I know. He's the only Drive-By Truckers fan I know. David, thank you for coming on. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, thank you for having me. Love the show. I Thanks, think that's man. obligatory, right, for every podcast. <laughs> now, I know I left some names off that list of bands we've seen live, and frankly, spoiler alert, there's at least a couple of them that I did on purpose. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to take your temperature for the millions and millions of well-disguised fans out there uh, on your music taste. You obviously like loud rock music and heavier stuff too, just by the list of some of the bands I've just put out there that we've seen together. Um, but I am curious, as in, in terms of getting a baseline, what is your journey to wherever your musical tastes are now in 2020? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it, you know, like a lot of people, it started as a kid listening to my dad's records. And mom liked them too, but they're they're pretty much all dads. Um, you know, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, stuff like that. He he only had one Stones record, which 
in retrospect, hey, what's up with that, Dad? But right. <laughs> although that, I guess that did let, allow me to discover them a little later when my maybe my tastes were a little more evolved. But um, then, of course, uh, as as happens a lot, one day the older brother brought home an Aussie tape, and oh my God, what is this? <laughs> and of course, the parents hated it, which made us like it even more. And from that, uh, I think. I'd say Ozzy and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest all came around the same time. And, and him and I and a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, like, oh, my goodness, wow, this is amazing. So we were and, – and then uh, when, you, when you're in school, like in junior high, when you're the metalhead, you kind of think you're cooler. I don't know if you are. But. Right. <laughs> and so that, that kind of, I think, probably shaped it more, yeah, we like the harder stuff. Uh, it really wasn't until I'd say later on that some of the the classic rock kind of got around to my ears. Uh, of course, Led Zeppelin. Everybody loved Led Zeppelin. That liked rock and roll back when we were in school. Uh, but yeah, of course, we shunned all the hair stuff. Anything with a keyboard was was taboo. I've softened my stance on that considerably. Right. <laughs> Because uh, let's see, we didn't like country, of course, because oh no, that's 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 the stuff the parents liked, and so it was, that was that was easy to rebel against as well. Um, let's see, probably wasn't till the mid to late twenties where I, when well, I guess I'd say streaming came back and we, well, well, maybe maybe I'll listen to a little some of this. You'd, you'd hear like a Willie Nelson song on a commercial or something like, oh, I remember that. That was fun. Then you start clicking, you go to that rabbit hole, and you realize, hey, some of that stuff's pretty good. Right. And um, then, let's see, as far then, then that's around when the alt country happened, which I pretty much call Southern rock with a fiddle or a slide guitar. Uh, that's when, also, I guess I need to credit my older brother again. He had a drive-by trucker CD, and it was one of those, wow, these guys are good. And went down that rabbit hole. I'd say they're probably the ones that I listen to more than any of the other uh, your alt countries, your your Wilco's, your uh, who's the other one, Sunvolt and uh, Lucero, who we have seen. Yep. And they were very good. Uh, let's see what else was there. I think uh, coming back around to the hair folks uh, was uh, I'd say the late '90s when we joined Columbia House. And you'd have to feel something. Well, you know what? I kind of liked a few Cinderella tunes, and we got their greatest hits. And wow, that's amazing! Right. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, we would let the the whole hair aspect kind of get in the way of uh, these guys actually know how to play the guitar. <laughs> sometimes that's true. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But it was true with Cinderella. But like now, I know, like not only are you going to go see Willie Nelson, the Drive By Truckers. Yeah. But you're also going to go to what is it, the Carolina Rebellion or whatever? Exactly. Yeah, that's the epicenter now, if it ever, you know, again in the before times. So you still have not only do you have a taste, a taste again for the alt country sort of stuff, but and and I'm sure other genres too. But some of the stuff at epicenter, the rebellion's pretty heavy, right? No, very. Yeah, some okay. of it's insane. <laughs> There's was, there was one band that we had never heard of called Wage War. Um, yeah okay like well that's a pretty big crowd and that's usually a good indication uh their crowd is insane i've i've i mean we've seen a mosh pit and it's usually yeah guys are 
bumping into each other and shoving one another and this and that. But these these guys seem to want to hurt each other. There was elbow swinging, which I'd never seen before or since. Huh. The well, band was pretty good, though. Um, our mutual friend Steve uh, busted up his toe really bad, but I said, why are you in a mosh pit in open-toed sandals? He just <laughs> laughed. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, huh. uh, so, some of those are, are a lot of fun. I'm a little too old for a mosh pit. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be mosh pit adjacent. Yes. But at this point in time, no, nah, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to join in. Well, for sure. Um, all right. So I obviously left some bands off, like Lucero that you mentioned. Yeah. We've seen Foreigner too. We've seen Alice in Chains. Um, but those aren't the ones I intentionally left off. The ones I intentionally left off that list of concerts we've seen were Avatar, who released their eighth studio album uh, entitled Hunter Gatherer on August 7th, 2020. And also going straight into the eye of the Taylor Swift storm was the legendary Deep Purple, who we've also seen, uh, who released their 21st studio album, Whoosh, with an exclamation mark at the end, on the same date. So it's raining albums relevant to my musical taste. And uh, I want to put Deep Purple aside for a minute and start with Hunter Gatherer, because that's really the album I'm more interested to talk to you about in particular, because um, I'm, I'm really interested in your thoughts on that. I wanted to uh, lead in with my experience in history with Avatar, and then we can talk about yours and our own thoughts about Hunter Gatherer. As you, as you know, I like ACDC. I like Judas Priest. I like Motorhead. But I usually told, tell people that Metallica is kind of the outer limits for me when it comes to a heaviness context. I still feel like someday I may catch up with Slayer. Um, I'm young enough, I guess, to still, you know, to, to get in their orbit. Um, but I've never really gone into the growly, you know, cookie monster vocals, you know, the cookie, cookies off of me, you know, that so much of that heavy metal, growly, death metal stuff is. And I generally prefer blues-based rock guitar and riffing to like the speedier, more technical playing. Not a hard and fast rule, but generally. But then you introduced me to Avatar. And I have up on my phone the Wikipedia page for Avatar's musical style and influences. And I just want to read this. Gonna love this. Avatar has been described as a heavy metal band. That's the first clause of the first sentence, which sounds right. And more specifically, as melodic death metal and groove metal. The band has also been referred to as a quote, grease painted Swedish death slash industrial dash progressive metal ensemble. Originally a pure melodic death metal band, Avatar later began to play a different style of music moving to a more avant-garde metal style. And then it talks about av Avatar's influences, which include uh, maybe some more obvious things like Marilyn Manson and Ministry and In Flames and Ozzy Osbourne, uh, and also Beethoven and the Beatles. So anyway, so I came to Avatar on their seventh album, uh, which came out in 2018. It's called Avatar Country. And it's got some of those growly vocal stuff, but it also has more of the melodic thing too, um, including the King Welcomes You to Avatar Country, which to me, I remember, I think I, I think I posted on your Facebook when I had Facebook at the time that to me, that was the future of heavy metal, man. Like it, it was like 
country meets death metal meets some 70s soul. <laughs> and then there's like a CC Deville S solo in there. Um, it's, it's, it's one of my top five favorite videos of all time. Oh my um, and that album, like a lot of Avatar albums is a concept album. Um, but with the vocals and dress and some of the song content, there's a lot of humor there. It's intentionally comical, right? Exactly. Uh, they even have like little skits in there, kind of like, I don't know, like the chronic. <laughs> Remember Dr. Dre's <laughs> chronic? Yeah, you don't, you the $20 sack pyramid and that sort of stuff. <laughs> like they had that in Avatar Country the, where the, the spokesperson <laughs> addresses the kingdom uh, about whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah. And then they went into the studio to begin making Hunter Gather, and the band specifically said, we're not making a tongue-in-cheek record about our guitar player anymore, or one of our guitar players anymore, uh, being the king of a fictional country called Avatar Country. This is going to be a different, more serious album, and I'll be honest, when I heard that, that kind of worried me, and it is an altogether more serious album. So with that long, and I'm sorry for the length preamble, Dave, what are your thoughts on Hunter Gather? I think you were the one that told me that they said, yeah, this is not going to be as tongue in cheek. And I had the exact same thought. I'm like, oh man, because usually if a band says our next album's going to be heavier, I used to fall for that. <laughs> I used right. to, oh, okay, great. And then I'd get it. I'm like, well, this isn't heavier. This is just something that people say. Yeah. Uh, my fears were unfounded for Avatar. I don't know why they always are. Uh, the way I came to them, I remember I was sitting at my desk at work, uh, just listening to uh, my streaming service and looking through some suggestions. And the album they suggested was Hell the Apocalypse. And I just saw this guy in like clown makeup, or I guess King Diamond makeup, in a pirate hat, captaining a ship with this giant grin on his face. And I went, I have to check check that out sure and that's that's how i found them i was rewarded because that album i thought was really really good uh and then some previous albums i liked a lot the black Waltz, which is way heavier and darker than the others um i was a little worried when avatar country came out like eh, am i gonna like the new stuff because usually when i go back into a rabbit hole like that i have i don't know maybe i just don't give the newer stuff a chance but again i, I liked avatar, avatar country a whole lot too i think uh, I think I like it as much as you did. So anyway, when uh, I started listening to Hunter Gather, uh, first track, Silence in the Age of Apes, I'm like, okay, this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 track just grabs you. And so I was, uh, my my fears were were alleviated pretty quickly on that one. So you like it? Yeah, I, I very much like it. Yeah. Do you, uh, what are the songs that you look forward to hearing when hopefully someday we go see them again? Oh, okay. Oh. Hmm. Or what are your favorite songs off the track or album? Um, yeah, I liked uh, Silence in the Age Apes a lot. That's uh, probably, that's, that's one of the biggies. Uh, Colossus, um, that one didn't do it for me as much though. Um, that's the track though that uh, the satellite radio seems to be playing a lot. Um, I can see what they were trying with it. They that kind of attitude, well, not really attitude, but yeah, maybe a little dissonance in there, where with the with the the riff, it just seems like it's kind of off with the. It's at off key. Right. I guess that's what it is. Uh, I think Allison Chains did that in the late '90s to Diminishing Returns, and I eh, I did I don't know. It's probably the track I skip over the most. 
Uh, after that, they, <laughs> they they go back to being uh, Avatar for me. Uh, right. With a, a secret door, they start whistling. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is a little light. Oh, okay, no, it's not lighthearted anymore. Because <laughs> they, when when uh when the band really gets going like that, that's uh, I could I could listen to to that all day. When they just start playing as fast as they can and in tune. <laughs> right. What do you um? What do you think of well? Okay, so. I feel like I discovered something like I'm a friggin' explorer here and I know I'm not, but when listening to it this time, I realized that most avatar songs have either the growly vocals in the verses and then mm-hmm. Johan sings Johans, I think is yeah. how you pronounce or it. Johannes, or, uh, yeah. Then he sings the chorus or it's in reverse where the, voc- the, the, the verses are, are sung mm-hmm. and then it goes back to the growly thing in the chorus. And I'm like, well, they're, they're switching back and forth almost in every song. I'm, I'm such a genius, I figured that out. Do you have that same feeling that I do that you prefer the singing or are your tastes more where you can accept the growly stuff? Uh, I do prefer the singing, I think he, is a little more comfortable with it or the band's a little more comfortable with it because on previous albums, I mean, the earlier you go back, it's almost all growling. Yeah. And perhaps he's just decided he needs to save his voice and I wouldn't blame him. Right. Because I mean, that has to, or I would think so. Maybe he's just got some special talent there, but that has to just be difficult to do night in and night out if you're on tour. So maybe he's they've decided that. But I mean, I think I think he's got a really good voice. I do too. I, yeah. I think he does too. It's like why didn't they use that in the past? Because I mean, he can he can hit those notes. Yeah, it's um, I I told you before we recorded this that I pulled up the um, Genius.com their lyrics mm-hmm. service and listen to the album and while I could read the lyrics, which makes a huge difference for me because now all of a sudden I can understand what the, <laughs> what the growls are. Like, oh, okay. Now I can, I can follow along. Um, I liked, I like Colossus. I, I guess I'm different from you in that it's um, the, the Colossus Colossus arise is basically the only growly part in it. Everything else is, is, is sung. It also hits, uh, that song hits in one of my favorite conspiracy theory type things, personally. Johan said it's based on an article he read about a scientist trying to create a human brain in a computer. And the whole idea that once we're able to do that, perhaps you and I aren't real. We're, we're in a simulation that some supercomputer 500 years from now is running and uh, we're some advanced version of The Sims. I like that's a, that's just aimed at me. I feel like that song, uh, "A Secret Door," I like a lot. The last track on the record. Um, oh yeah, wormhole. Wormhole, uh, and I think I don't know if you saw this, but I read. I think the whistling from "A Secret Door" is Corey Taylor of Slipknot. Oh okay. Um, and they also said they were having trouble getting wormhole together, so they sent it to Corey Taylor, and he sent them back a, a guitar part that was aimed enable them, I guess, to kind of kick the song through and finish it off. Um, 
I like I like Hunter Gatherer a lot. I don't think it's as good as Avatar Country, um, but I don't think yeah, it's. I like think Avatar Country is a pretty high bar to clear as well. Yeah, I mean, if if that ends up being their best album, obviously, yeah. I don't think this one. But to me, there's still not a song like "Let It Burn" or. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, Statue to King, I like a lot. What's that? Statue to Our King. Yeah, Statue to Our King, or. I don't know. The Eagle has landed. I'm not sure that there's one that I, I'm not sure the one song I really want to hear live off this record, but maybe I just need some more time with it. Um, one of the reasons I do like it though, I think it's smart in the way that metal is smart. And I know that seems crazy sometimes compared <laughs> like to, a contradiction. to the, to the people we sometimes see at the concerts, but um, you know, uh, just, just reading about how some of these songs came about, I've already talked about Colossus when all, when all but forces failed is kind of them saying they're taking responsibility for some of the damage they've done. You know, uh, Johan right. talks about, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire soon. Uh, so I don't necessarily like that everybody's destroying the environment and that sort of stuff, but Hey, we're doing it too. I'm taking the blame for my, you know, for it. Um, the, there's the two songs about dreams, the God of sick dreams and screaming till you wake where they're, this is not what like pop music doesn't do this. Right. Country music doesn't do this. Mainstream rap at least doesn't do it. And frankly, rock doesn't. I mean, I like songs about fast cars and girls and cocaine and everything else as much as the next guy, but I don't know whether it's cause it's marginalized or, or what, but medical metal hits on stuff that a lot of these other genres just don't. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why that is necessarily, but it does make me feel smart. I don't know what you think. I agree with that. I know the the reputation, especially from the 80s, is it's all about dragons and things, which that hasn't been true for, really wasn't that true in the 80s. I mean, some of it was, but I know I kind of thought a lot of that uh, with Iron Maidens, like, oh, here's another song about uh, some gladiator or something, or, or oh, here's some, some monster, and it's basically them writing about a book they like. Like, one was about the novel Dune, like, oh, really? So, right. I should read lyrics more often. Yeah, but that's not, um, like Cardi B is not probably making a song about Doom. Right. Or, or the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Yeah. Now, I mean, I know like Hamilton is, you know, this huge masterpiece. And, but I, I would say that's the exception. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I think that it is for sure too, but. Yeah, the sword did a song about Game of Thrones, you know, five years before the TV show ever came on. So. You're right, you're right. Um, and I don't know if, 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 if that's because it's this more marginalized thing where they don't have to worry about writing a song about a relationship and love and heartbreak and that sort of thing that is the common perspective. I don't know what it is, but certainly Avatar, certainly this record is a smart record, like a lot of Avatar records. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so let's move on to Deep Purple and Whoosh. All right, so Deep Purple in recent years and the current version of the band has had albums called Bananas and Now What? Followed by a question mark and an exclamation point. So Whoosh continues in their trend of awful album names. 
I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I'm going to assume the answer is no to, but if you disagree, let me know. Does the world need another Deep Purple album? And could this album enhance or diminish their legacy or reputation in any way whatsoever, no matter how good or bad it is? Yeah, you, you guessed right. Um, I mean, that was kind of when you suggested Deep Purple, like, oh, Deep Purple's putting out another album? And the first thought I have is, why? Why do they need to do that? Because, well, like, surely they don't need the money. I hope not. I mean, if they did, uh, they could just go on tour and, and well, not this year. <laughs> yeah. But Bruce was not going to set the world on fire. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, but when I started listening to it, um, in my opinion, I, th I just kind of came to the conclusion, like, well, no, they didn't need to make this album. You know, they, they, they wanted to. It's like, that's, that's what they do. Yeah. As creative people have to get that out of their heads. And I, I, when, I, when I listen to the album, I can say this is clearly a group of guys that like playing together they're really good at playing together. I mean, this, this, the whole record I think is tight. Um, it's sophisticated for lack of a better word. I think uh, that's it, a great word for it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, you, you listen to everything. There's, there's nothing out of place. There's um, even some of the songs that I like less than others are like, okay, I, I get how they did this and why they did this. It's just, I mean, they're, they're tight. Yeah. It's Ian Gillen's birthday today, by the way, oh, the day we're recording. Yeah. So, uh, happy birthday, Ian. I, I kind of feel the same way. They recorded this in Nashville, which seems to be more and more common mm -hmm. these days. Um, Bob Ezrin was the producer. And of course, Bob Ezrin has produced some of our favorite yeah, albums. I know. Stuff, yeah. But it doesn't sound Nashville to me. It doesn't sound like you know, we're trying to be the white stripes or the black keys or, oh, yeah, or exactly. you know, whoever else is taking up residency, you, you know, in, in Nashville these days, they certainly didn't make a country album. It's, um, I don't, you know, I'm a Richie Blackmore fan. He's either my favorite or my second favorite guitar player. Sometimes my third just depends on the day, but he, Jimmy Page, Tony Iommi, those are my, those are my top three. And I don't think modern purple is as dangerous as Mark II. Um, and I like Ian Gillen, but I don't like him as much as I like David Coverdale. You know, my favorite deep purple version yeah. is Mark III, um, which also has Glenn Hughes in it for vocals. But like you said, it is sophisticated. They are still kind of playing. I mean, I guess it's adult. I don't know that a lot of, 16 year olds are going to put this on and be like, I've got to, yeah. I got to find out what this is about. But I mean, we're, we're in our mid forties. Exactly. So maybe, uh, maybe it is more aimed for at their audience, which I actually appreciate. I still look forward to every Alice Cooper record. I, I want to know what Alice is doing. Yep. I know it doesn't, nothing's going to change his legacy at this point. I don't know if anything's going to change avatars at this. I mean, They've done eight albums now. Eight albums, that. Yeah, I mean. Which is hard to do nowadays. Yeah, yeah, they've gotten to eight, so where else we're going to go? I like the song uh, Power of the Moon a lot off, off Whoosh, Man Alive, which seems to be the one that gave us the, the title. Yeah, yeah. I, when I was listening this morning, I'm like, oh, there it is, <laughs> right. which I didn't catch it the first couple of times. 
there's a song and I didn't write the title down, but I think regardless of what your politics are, where Ian Gillen's basically saying, shut up, (laughs) (laughs) stop talking. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know what that's aimed at or who it's aimed at, if it's in the United States or Britain, but I was amused by that. Is that the title? Which one? We're all the same in the dark. No, that's the uh, that's the one about uh, his wife or his his lover or oh, yeah. or what have you. Um, yeah, I'm terrible at song titles. I'll find it in just a minute. I think it's uh, no need to shout. Oh, oh, yeah. That is the one that I'm referring to. But anyway, I'm happy to hear Deep Purple. I I got mocked on the famous metal sludge gossip boards a few years ago when I talked about going to see Deep Purple in concert. And I said, there's a little too much Don Airy on the keyboard or, you know, on the, on the organ. Oh, yeah. And people were like, you know, you were going to see Deep Purple, right? I still though think they lean on, on Airy a little too much more than classic purple where John Lord and Blackmore played together a lot. Uh, I, I I don't know why that is. Uh, Don Airy is probably more talented than John Lord, uh, who who was very talented, obviously. But it's it's a little too much keyboard. There's a lot of it on this record. There's a lot, right? <laughs> but it's really. But the other thing is, uh, I would I'd be listening, and what I, the criticism I may have is the songs are all you can shave off thirty to sixty seconds of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, one thing I appreciated about um, Hunter Gatherer, it's pretty short. Right. When when it ends on that tenth song, you're just waiting for more, and you said, "Oh well, it's over." I can appreciate that at 45 now. Because yeah, exactly. It's hard to listen to to, to a 65, 70 minute record. Yeah, just because you can do that on CD or digital or whatever doesn't yeah. mean that you should. It doesn't always mean you should. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to be Mr. Fuddy Duddy. Back in my day, you could you could fit two Judas Priest albums on a ninety minute cassette. Right. <laughs> but, but but sometimes you only need forty to forty five minutes on an album. Yeah, and not only could you shave thirty to sixty seconds off some of the songs, you could shave off thirty percent of the songs exactly if you want if you don't want to if you don't want to cut the songs down any maybe just give us nine or ten yeah (laughs) give us the best nine or ten and and go with it but that seems to be i don't know i don't know it's a i don't know if it's fair to say that's a modern i think it is plague whatever but i agree with that I, i think it's a little more than we need in 2020 out of deep purple but i'm glad they're still trying uh, yeah, exactly. And on the, uh, some of those solos, it's just them reminding you, yeah, this is what I can do. Yeah. Like, we're still like, it. like, oh, okay. Especially right. when, when uh, yeah, the, the organ and the guitar are together. Yeah. They, they do that. I think they should do it more on this record, but whenever they do, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, David, um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, did you hear any of those Rolling Stones songs from Goat um, Soup? I heard um, Scarlet, which I really liked. Oh man, isn't it good? Um, yeah, and like, have I heard this song before? <laughs> uh, the weird thing was, um, what what I could find that said featuring Jimmy Page, and then the other was the War on Drugs version. I couldn't tell much of a difference between the two. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, um, you know, peanut butter and chocolate. 
Jimmy Page in the Rolling Stones. Exactly. Can we get some more of that maybe? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Scarlet, I've listened to, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 times probably Mm -hmm. at this point. I I, I absolutely adore it. I can see why they wouldn't want to put it on an album on the when Goat's Head Soup came out uh, just because why antagonize Ronnie Wood, your, your, your new member who was <laughs> left off uh, or newish member. But yeah, yeah Scarlet's really good. And yeah, I think Keith Richard called him the new kid once <laughs> in an interview. Right. Um, but that album, I think, doesn't come out. The, the remake will come out like September 4th. And um, so we'll see what else is on it when it gets out. Um, I was hoping we'd be able to talk about the S&M 2 release from Metallica, but they, uh, they're putting that out August 28th. So uh, thanks, man, for coming on. Thanks for being here to make sure I talk about something that's come out in this month as opposed to 20, 30, 40 years ago. We are into that new stuff. And someday when the coronavirus is gone, we'll be at a concert together again. And yep, we shall. And even though we're 45, we'll be, we'll still be standing. We're not going to yeah. want to sit down like oh, yeah. all those other losers. I know. <laughs> if I go with my brother, we'll probably be sitting down. Like, come on, man. You right. turned me on to all this. You're... <laughs> Rock and roll is not meant to be yeah. <laughs> enjoyed sitting. I but, know. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. And to all the listeners, again, I appreciate you listening. If you wouldn't mind going on whatever your player of choice is and rating, reviewing, that sort of thing. Maybe that will help get this out to more people because obviously there's so many people who need to hear this, right, David? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for listening to Well Disguised and we will see you later.